Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Mr. Mulvaney, how are you doing today, buddy? Matt, I'm doing fantastic. This is episode 70. Episode right. 70. That's pretty exciting. All right. And we've got another guest today. So uh, I met David, uh, uh, Sh Sh how do you say your last name? Shavs Shavin? Shavzen? Yeah, just like it sounds. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, David Chavzen on a, uh, we did a webinar maybe two weeks ago now with a mutual friend of ours, Cherish and Bridget. Um, so anyway, thought it'd be great to, to have you on our podcast because you deal with small business owners and exit planning and all that type stuff. And that's the kind of people that we coach in that type of issue here. So tell us a little bit about that. Who is your, tell us a little bit about Dave. How'd you get into exit planning? Ah, how many hours do you have? Yeah, yeah. I got, give, me, give me the two-minute version. I give you the even a shorter version. Uh, yeah, now I spent about a dozen years with a global uh, global chemical company, a French company. Spent some time in Europe, back in Atlanta, and started up my practice. Just kind of taking all of that experience, uh, bringing it to bear with smaller uh, organizations. So, in Atlanta, about twenty years. Actually, summer this June will be twenty years in practice, and it's all been about all along helping business owners build, optimize, grow their, their businesses, um, and really took on uh, midstream uh, along the way, uh, this overlay of exit and succession because we realized we were getting better and stronger and building, but this idea of value and eventually selling was just you know, missing. It, you know, run, 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 we all do it 24 seven. And so, uh, but at the end of the day, it's, a, it's, it's, we're helping business owners sell their, their company. So we really can't take the companies to market, but what we kept running into, and is the case in most, uh, most situations is people aren't ready. So there's a significant consulting coaching component to really work more methodically in a really focused way towards value and then, and then selling the enterprise. Yeah. And we've had that, Dave and I've talked about like that, that most people don't, think about exiting their business, about selling their business. They, they just started the business and it's kind of a job to them. And then one day we'll sell it to the magic man down the street. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And there aren't too many of those magic men or women around. Uh, it's, and it, it makes, yeah, <laughs> it makes sense. They're, you know, just working, working, working. And, and I would say doing well, right. And, and growing, but it's the, the focus isn't on the value exit to everybody. We think about, you know, it's just way down the line. Um, I actually had this experience. I was speaking to a bunch of folks and uh, in the back of the room, I always ask this question, what do you think about when you hear exit planning? And from the back of the room, someone said, death, funerals. No, <laughs> and, uh, and so we, t we try to expand you know, that reaction and whether it is, and it can be, right? Somebody can't stay in forever until they drop that. But the idea is we ought to plan for it. But most of the time people realistically are looking to sell at some point. And we should just always be looking at with what, everything we do, right? Every decision, how is that impacting value? Whether it's a you know third-party sale or it's a sale to family or kids. So yeah, it's 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 um it, it, and and it's not a lot of separate work. I'll, I'll say that too, right? It's it's integrated into everything you're doing in the business. Right, all your decisions. It, yeah. When you're just talking about that, I was thinking about an article I read in Transworld, which is a big business broker. 88%, Matt, and I talked about this a while back, 88% of businesses um, will not sell. They will, they will either, an owner will have a life event um, or they never sell. They go out of business because they couldn't sell because the business was them. There's so many other reasons that a business can't sell. So what do you think is the, the number one, maybe the number one or two reasons a business won't sell? 
Oh gosh, you know, there you you kind of touched on on some of them. I think it's um, it, well, you know, it's, we can talk more about this, and it starts with, like I say, as early as possible, understanding value, because then your whole decision making process is different. When you get to the end, that kind of thing. I mean, they're not selling if there's not something there that an outsider can come in and buy, take, start running, and and make money. Um, certainly, with a return based on the uh, price that the person pays. So. Um, you know, mo you know, outside of COVID, we can come back to that. But you know, aside of this, you know, absolute disaster right now, where companies really are just failing and, and will be, unfortunately. Um, you know, with enough time, most can sell, right? If there's some prep, some thought, there's some lot of creative ways to make it happen. If even if it's, I see, you know, service businesses, right? Maybe there's a couple of partners in, a, in some sort of professional services group. With some preparation, there are ways to do that. Too many people think and assume we're just going to turn out the lights and go right. home. Yeah. And there's a lot of variations on that theme. There really are some creative, fun things to do to make it work. So, so what yeah, are some conversations that you're having with some of your clients now, right? So, so you know, we are in the COVID crisis. We are in this. Oh my goodness! And you know, what are the conversations you're having? Uh, some of them start by asking them to come down off the roof. It's okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I joke, but it it really is. A lot of it is just some calm conversation to start chatting. And where, where we start is this, you know, there are absolute critical urgent needs. They've got to look at, you know, the cash and the loan programs as crazy as those are and figure out what they're going to do with people, you know, staff, laying them off, hiring them, rehiring. So those have to happen. But we want to also in parallel get some time each day to look at the business and look forward because we, we you know, we will get through this. Uh, we, we, you know, we really will. Number one. Number two is, don't waste this time. Whether we have, we have this issue or others, let's keep planning. And the really fun part of it, frankly, is for so many of these businesses, there are some really interesting creative opportunities. And that's not to come across crass, but there's number one, certain industries obviously specifically are just going to do better coming out of this. One of the best examples is what we're doing now. Anything streaming online, those are going to be um, just, just grow phenomenally, right? Training, online training, all that. Uh, but even the most uh, mundane businesses, if they are forced into some things now, sometimes those are opportunities. So, so we're just, just going to step back and, and, and in some sense, that conversation that you ask about is no different than it was five months ago. Right. It's, right. We still, we have different issues. They're, they're extraordinary, but we just have to integrate what's going on around us into how do we make the business, you know, preserve value today, certainly, but, but start to grow, you know, and so you know, the last blog I did was just a compilation of either clients of mine or others that had some really interesting situations. They had to change what they were doing and they're going to come out of this with new product lines, you know, new revenue streams. So step back, calm down, let's, let's work through it. And a lot of the clients are just continuing to work almost as we were beforehand because we're approaching it the right way. So, so yeah. do you think the, uh, um, well, do you feel like COVID has exposed a lot of businesses to where they have archaic processes maybe that have to change going forward? Have you seen all of my clients, Dave? <laughs> uh, it's, yeah, that, that goes back to, you know, I joke, but it, it just, yes, it does. It exposes everything, but it is, um, I will say exposes what's, you know, in, in the issues in all of our businesses. It just, yeah, it just heightens it. Any, any, any kind of issues that aren't, you know, perfect, right? Any any processes that aren't really fine tuned, or any risk planning that's not there, obviously just shows rears its ugly head. And so, I've been talking about that a lot the last couple of weeks. 
um, okay, yeah, it's COVID, this is what it came to, but now let's go back and honestly put in place a lot of the things that we ought to have been doing all along. You know, so a lot of it, there's not a lot of, oh, this is COVID planning. This is just, all right, COVID's out there. So what do we have to do differently and position ourselves? Um, and I'll say, I'll tell you one big thing is communicating, right? This or 10 years ago with the downturn, stay in front of your customers and clients and get the messages out there and help them and, you know, build and continue to build the brand, even if you're not selling things. Yeah. Because, right. yeah, stay in front of them so that they come back as we, as we come out of this. Yeah. yeah one, of the things that, one of the things that Matt knows I preach is you, you eliminate non-cash flowing debt and then you build six months of reserves. Now, if all these companies had six months reserves, they would not be borrowing from the federal government for things that they should never borrow on. You should never borrow to pay employees. I'm sorry, it's, but, but right now, if you, if you have debt and you don't have income, you have no choice if you're gonna yeah. stay in business. Yeah. So th that's reality and we are facing a different reality mm -hmm. today. Um, and so most business owners, I think are deciding, Nick, I'm gonna, you know, as long as we're out of this thing in a couple more weeks, let's go make some more money, you know I mean? But, but it's a challenge, certainly. It is, it is. You know, I was laughing when you said that R word, I never heard that reserves before. I've never seen that actually. Uh, I, I joke again, you know, too many of us are not doing that. And that's just one of those, those things. And there may not be reserves now, but it's a great point, Dave, to say, hey, all right, I know I should have. So as we go forward, let's start to, yeah, let's start to set a little bit of uh, cash aside. And then there's a whole range of topics that I, I put in the bucket of risk management. When I say risk management, people tend to think of, you know, just your, your insurance, your liability insurance. But, you know, now we've had it smack in our face, you know. So what happens if this resurges in six months? You know, we ought to be planning for that right now that we know about it, right? Um, you know, simple situations, forget COVID again. Well, even with COVID, what if somebody gets sick? Too often a single business owner is, is, is the only signatory at the bank. And if they go down, if they get sick, they get hit by a bus, whatever it is, nobody else can access that money. Employees are not getting paid. And what are employees gonna do if they're not paid for a pay period or two? Yeah, so, yeah. leaves, yeah. Well, yeah. it's funny you say that. So you were talking, um, I've had this, this exact conversation as Dave was talking about, you know, having reserves and as you're right, David, you know, nobody really actually has them, right? So it's really, it's almost like the conversation is, nobody. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, yeah, not yeah. nobody, but a lot of the conversation, yeah, we should have done this, right? Now I know what you mean, we should have been, you know, I've, the conversation has almost been more like, yeah, now I realize the importance of a plan. Now mm -hmm. I know that we should have, like you said, not, we should be doing the stuff that we already should have been doing and now mm -hmm. we're just gonna actually do it because not you were right, but, but you were right, right? It's like, we, I know you mentioned that we should have six months reserved. I just never went, got around to doing it. Darn mm -hmm. it, I wish I would have done that, right? Yeah. Um, and you were talking about, so I, I say this event has shown the importance of planning, right? Yeah. The importance of, yes, mm -hmm. why all of us say you should have reserves and all of us say. Mm -hmm. The other thing you said that just reminded me is the systems and processes in place, right? So whether it be there's only one person that can sign money for the bank or as uh, Mulvaney was talking about there, when, when almost cross training, what if an employee mm -hmm. goes down and, 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 and that person is the person who, whatever, does the invoices or that yeah. person does some part of your sales process, right? Yeah. So stresses the importance of, of the cross training, right? Yeah, there's so much, those are great points and all, those all fall into this bucket of, um, you know, contingency planning, if you will. And, yeah. and we never get to that, we don't, right. but right. we ought to. Can, yeah. we, can and, we move back a minute though? Because mm -hmm. uh, when, when we started, you were talking about how 
you you help people build value in in yeah. their business. Can we, can we look at that? Like peel the curtain back on that for a few minutes. Like how can a business owner build value in their company um, in any time? You know, good or bad. Yeah, and it's you know we we've talked about a lot of things that are components of that. So when when you break out value, and this is you know a, you know twelve hours of discussion, but it's it's really key when we say value generally. A lot of business owners, if they've not been through it, if they haven't sold a business, you know, they're thinking revenue, they're thinking maybe profitability. But when we talk about value from a business sales standpoint, we talk about transferable value. And what that means is, what is somebody going to buy? So we all put our blood, sweat and tears into our businesses. We are passionate about them. And they're worth gazillions and gazillions of dollars. Well, you know what? The reality is, yeah, exactly. 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 If I come to buy your business, I don't care about, you know, the blood, sweat and tears, you know, I'm looking at what you're doing and what I am willing to pay for it based on what I think the return is being, it will be. In other words, what, when I buy it going forward the next X years, you know, how much money can I make from it? You know, and that's partly based on what I see you doing and how I can grow that. And so, so that outside generally objective, not, you know, not emotional response is such that, um, well, gosh, I've been doing this for so long, or gosh, people love me, or gosh, you know, gosh, 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 so isn't going to work. So some of the concrete things are, one of the most difficult things is basically telling the business owner, you need to make yourself absolutely irrelevant to the business. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's one of the biggest, right? If I'm going to buy your business, and you have everything up here, all the client relationships, all the vendor relationships, you know, all the processes, you control the, you all of it, my God, I buy it, and I'm, it's going to be a nightmare. Right. You're walking out the door, even if you're going to stay for a little bit. And so, you know, I said this over and for years, you know, if you can go away for six months on an island, enjoy yourself, no communication, come back and your business is thriving. That's what you want. Right. So so leadership, you know, under you, you guys talked about business processes. So they're repeatable. Somebody quits. They can come in and there's documented processes. Um, it's just golden. Think about, you know, think about the franchise model. That's, you know, that's kind of the core of it. But everyone goes to McDonald's. And, you know, it's all laid out. This is how you do a hamburger. So you can slot in somebody if somebody quits, that kind of thing. Um, the leadership under you, right? And the teamwork and them working together, you know, is a key component of that, component of that as well. Um, brand and marketing and awareness, right? You know, think about, um, take right now the situation, take 20 restaurants, you know, 10 who are, I mean, they're all hurting, obviously, but 10 who have a good market and a brand and awareness, they'll come back and the other 10 aren't. And so- so, so all there's so much, and if you think about all these things I'm talking about, they are co- just good things. They're components. Every business should be addressing them in the normal course, right? But we don't tend to do that. And so, when those things aren't happening, here's here's the equation. I walk in, you know, and even if you've got good people and you maybe aren't so critical, you know, I'm going to take a look at turn your staff turnover and and why is that so high. I'm going to talk to customers. I'm going to look at your business processes. I'm going to look at these, this old equipment that you haven't replaced and on and on. And a buyer is doing nothing but looking at all the ways he's going to reduce the price he's going to offer you because he doesn't, he doesn't want to pay a lot or she doesn't want to like pay a lot anyway. But um, these are real costs that if I'm buying it, I'm going to have to put out. So if oh, it's, yeah. you're worth 5 million, well, I'm only going to give you four because I got to spend a million to fix these things. So why not? fix them and build them along the way and just make this thing pristine as possible. Yes. No, and you're exactly right. 
what you're saying is like 10 different things that, that Mulvaney and I talk about all the time wrapped into one. So I always say, nobody's going to walk around and just give you $10 million for your business, right? They're going to pay you with the money from your own business, right? Yes. So you actually want to leave the business in the best shape because that's the cash flow that's actually going to pay you the money. They don't just magically show up with 10 million bucks. Yeah. So he and I talk about, you can easily, not easily, you can accumulate your wealth. He and I are all talking about building mm -hmm. your wealth through yeah. the business by siphoning the wealth off along the way. Mm -hmm. But then we also always talk about build it to sell it, right? Yeah. And how do you build it to sell it so an idiot like me can come in there and run your business tomorrow? Yeah. Which is exactly the word you're saying, which is you've got to make decisions on making the, the founder uh, replaceable, right? Yeah. I, I view that as make it so any idiot like me can come in there and take it over, right? Except, I can't, uh, um, can't call his clients idiots. <laughs> no, I'm the idiot. I'm the one. I know. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> well, I, and I, well, if you don't want to call yourself an idiot, I know you're not. Uh, you know, for decades, I've worked in this area and, you know, business process and all of that. The idea with laying out your processes is I could go, you know, go outside, not today because nobody's out there, but on another day, find a, you know, an eight-year-old who could come in and read through the document yes. and tasks. And that's sort of the, the idea from a, from a process. It doesn't mean that you, that you are um, static and never change, but you need that baseline and you always, yeah, you always work to improve those. We talk baseline. about this thing we call, you know, build it to sell it. And then you may mm -hmm. not even sell it. You might re what I call retire in your business, right? Yeah. You can go uh, to yeah. the beach for six months. Yeah. You can go to the beach for six months, your business still yeah. runs. You have a choice. When you build a company to, so that you own it, instead of are owned by it, yeah. yep. you're in a position where, wait, I don't have to sell this. I'm making a quarter of a million or half a million or a million dollars a year, whatever you're making, it wouldn't matter. And I'm able to walk away for months at a time. I show up once a quarter for, for a manager's meeting. Isn't that what everybody's, every business owner wants that. But, but the reason you're in business is because not every business owner does that, right? The majority don't. No. And you know, what's interesting is exactly like that in that if, if they were going to go buy a business, right? So one of your clients, you know, uh, David, when you walk in and it's like, well, I got this checklist. So, so we talk about, I look at buying investment advisory businesses and I look at buying mm -hmm. consulting businesses all the time. And I've got like a checklist, right? You know, uh, client, client concentration, the age of your clients, mm -hmm. are they all coming through you as an institutionalized sales process, mm -hmm. right? How tech savvy are you? And are there systems and processes in place? So it's a little checklist, right? So me as looking to buy something, I have a checklist. Mm -hmm. But what's amazing is a seller, right? Like you said, if, if one of your clients was gonna go buy another business, he would have his own checklist, right? But he doesn't think he needs a checklist for his business to sell it to somebody. Yeah, and that's exactly, and that's it. So we, um, where you're leading to is what we say is, we, we try to, we have to get business owners to stop thinking like owners and thinking like sellers, right? In yes. that mindset. So, and what you're describing is, is due diligence. We, we talk to our clients on the sell side who are planning to sell and we use that term. We say, let us come in. So our assessment of the business, we say, let's come in and do a deal, due diligence as if we are the buyer. We go through everything, you know, and it's, and yeah. it's, it's ugly, but we look for the good, the bad, where we can improve. And so we can start working on those things, you know, way ahead of time. And you make that, not only do you then maximize the, the price potentially, the, the sale process itself can take a long time. I mean, right. six months, nine months, a year. Um, and, and so if we're preparing all along the way, we can shrink that time. We can <laughs> shrink that timeline. You are, so that's so funny because this reminds me of the exact story of like, so I just moved about a year ago, right? So we actually had an inspector come into the old house and, you know, when you sell a house, 
the buyer, yeah. think like a buyer is what you're saying. Think like a buyer. A new buyer is going to have an inspection done mm -hmm. and they're going to say, what are the repairs that need doing, right? And so we just proactively went ahead and did that. My wife was in real estate. I used to do a bunch of real estate. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the inspector came in, here's the punch list that needs to be done, bop, 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 bop. And so we did all the punch lists. And then my comment was exactly what one of my other friends had told me my comment would be, would be, well, damn, I wish I would have done those repairs earlier so I could enjoy this. Now maybe I don't even want to move. Yeah. It's a great house. Always. Yeah. That's what you're exactly. talking about a business, right? Yeah. And we use, and we, yeah, we, and we use that analogy all the time. Yeah. The yeah. house. The, the other thing coming back to uh, what Melvania was saying is that we do, we get a lot of folks coming to us, especially the boomers and they're going, Oh, we're tired. And that's exactly what they say, you know? And then when we work through a lot of these things, just sometimes, yeah, they, they realize, oh, okay, you know what? We could keep this or we could bring on a partner. There's so many variations to where it's because they're overworked. They're working 24 hours a day and have been for 20 years or 30 years. So to your point, yeah, sometimes it's like, oh my God, I can work 10 hours a week. Yeah, I'm there. Right. Um, now some just don't want it at all. They just don't want the ties even if they could. So you have that whole range. But what we try to do is right from the outset is, is just talk through and open their minds to, a whole lot of scenarios that they just have not been thinking about because they haven't been through it. Yeah, yeah. And like I say, the other, the, the starting point is the always value, it's coming back because if we don't all collectively, the owners, partners, spouses, families, you know, us as advisors have the same number, you know, estimate at least of where we are today, you can't, you can't, you know, figure out where you're going to. And, 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 and it, it may be ugly and they may be disappointed, but um, we've got a level set and be frank with them. And then from that point though, it's, it's, it's great when they understand where they are, maybe disappointed, but now we have a framework to start building to whatever they want. You know, Do you get a lot of, you get pushback from clients on the, okay. I'm telling you how great my company is and, and you're telling me all the things I need to do. do and do you find sometimes that your clients get offended when you're actually telling them how to make their business sellable? You're asking if I call their baby ugly and um, ugly baby syndrome. Yes. Yeah, we do. We do. And, and I've gotten, I'd say over the years, I guess, just, you know, older and crankier about it now, but I, but I, you know, pretty blunt, they're paying us money to tell them and they need that. And so I think that we, we have a very, um, very, uh, I'll say, you know, caring way of talking with them, but it's very direct. So, um, and, and, and we're, and we're not talking, you know, we're talking as if their whole business is a mess and it, it's not. So, we talk about where things are going great, you know, where we can improve, where the problems are, where are some things to put in place, other strategic thoughts. But at the end of the day, yeah, we're not there to say, hey, your, your, your business is great. Blindly go try to sell it to somebody, you know, and all those things get uncovered. It's like if you don't do with the house analogy, right. you know, you, you, know you're, you, got, you got mold in the basement, the heater's not working, and you try to pass it off and not say anything. It's silly because it's going to come out in the end anyway. Um, where we get the pushback, and it really is kind of brutal, it's, it's for those who have really gotten some idea of value in their head, and it's dramatically less, and we put that in front of them, and, and, and it is. It's, 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 um, it's, it can be super shocking, uh, very much so. Um, Isn't that like almost yeah. always the case, though? I mean, it's just like, go back to the house analogy. Everybody thinks their house is worth the most expensive house in the neighborhood, right? Everybody thinks their business is worth so we talk about multiples and whether you want to talk about usually cash flow multiples or you can use revenue multiples. No, or discretionary earnings yeah. yeah yeah and so and so everybody always thinks that so in in in, in our industry in, in financial services industry there are multiples if you're if you're a small shop it's three to five times cash flow if you're a medium size it's five to seven times cash flow and if you're big it can be nine ten eleven times cash flow so then you go 
and that guy has heard the 11 times cash flow, yet he's a small business owner and, you know, small business multiples are three to five times. Mm -hmm. Yet he thinks his business is worth, you know, 10 times. And he's, when he thinks cash flow, he's thinking a uh, gross profit. He's yeah, not, I'm worth 10 times my gross profit. No, no, no. That's our business. Yeah, right. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. And again, we're so, you know, we deal with this all day long and, and here we are laughing and, and we should say for those business owners who will be watching this, we're not making fun of you, but they haven't been through the exercise and they don't understand it. It, it is so complex because it's, uh, yes, first of all, they hear things all over, either, you know, uh, a friend on the street sold it for X, whether it's in the same industry or size or not. Um, somebody said, or maybe even somebody tried to give them a valuation and it just, you know, wasn't really wasn't on, on, <clears throat> on target at all. And we do, we see probably about, I would say 75% of the time or more, you know, they're, they're very disappointed when we come in with a number. Um, but, but the issues are even more than that, you know, it's, it's, there's a difference, not, you know, in size businesses and multiples and all of that. But even if you have two businesses, same industry, very similar size, very similar revenue, there's a million factors that, that would have me, drop, you know, pay one number to one and something much less to the other. Like, like we talked about a moment ago, you know, we listed so many different things. And so uh, when we look at value, we start with that educational process. You know, what is transferable value? Um, we don't just throw a number on the table. We spend a good couple hours going through why, and we talk through these issues. And when we do it in that fashion, they, they start to understand. It's great, right? They understand. And now they, they know tomorrow morning, I'm going to do things differently. Everything I'm going to think about. And, and one of the, we may have talked about this one before, um, Matt, it was just a very simple thing. We did this with a client. And then a while later, the client came back and said, oh, you know what? I'm just sitting around the office. I'm looking at the warehouse space. And I'm thinking, we don't need all this. And actually gave up a third of the space. Figured out that's a third of the rent. Just took that over the course of the year, multiplied it by some multiple. We were just kind of, and he was like, oh my God, right? That, that reduction in costs, just simply by reducing the space, those dollars to the bottom line times that multiple, huge <laughs> increase in value. Huge increase in value. Just, just, you know, that. And then you take that, you, you know, raise your prices 4%, well, 4% across. And so when we start to get that process and they're thinking value, value, value with every decision, it's, it's, it's great, it's wonderful, it's, it's really cool because then we can get them focused and really whatever it is, over 24 months or their timeline, whatever that happens to be. That was my question, what do you think a timeline is? Is it a one-year process, a three-year process? And I, our answer is always the longer the better, but, but give me some ranges. Yeah, there is no range, right? It's it's because it's all driven by their their priorities. Right. You know, the 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 issue is um, if they say if they box in with a value no matter what, then we'll say, well, maybe it may need that's to be a five year a number. <laughs> five year number. If they say, well, we're okay with this number, maybe it's a three year number, or maybe it's a date. Maybe it's all right. Here's the date, whatever that date is. Let's do what we can. So yeah, there's no there's no absolute magic to it. Um, I just say start now thinking in that mode and. Um, the other thing I've been saying this last couple of months is if you've had something in mind a year or two years or three years, don't give up on that necessarily. Let's keep that target in place and see what happens as we come out of, come out of coronavirus. Because um, again, they may have, they may be doing some things that, that, that will preserve value. 2019 may act, I'm sorry, 2020 may actually turn out not too bad, but with a good platform to really kill it the next couple of years. So. It's a good possibility your overhead costs will be down a little in 2020. But I, okay, so let me transition to I, what I'm guessing is one of the fears that, that mm -hmm. clients 
may have uh, before they hire you is how can you help me and make sure that my employees don't know that I'm thinking about selling the business? I'm sure that's a valid concern for many people who you, who hire you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we do everything along the way to, you know, to, to make sure that doesn't happen to the greatest extent possible. Um, you know, as you get closer and closer, it gets a little bit harder. Um, you know, the, the classic, um, you know, if you see a whole bunch of guys in suits walking through the offices all the time, you know, people start to talk, you know, so, you know, taking meetings offsite, doing a lot of talking offsite um, in the preparation phases, right? So, so we really know what we're going to be doing. Um, but I will say this, you know, and every, every one is different, every company is different, but in a lot of cases, at some point, at least some people need to know, and there's a range of things, just a few examples. You've got senior people, if I'm a buyer, I want to make sure those senior people are staying, you know, so we might have to start, might have to start talking to them about at least, you know, staying bonuses, signing bonus bonuses through the transaction or beyond the transaction. You know, when you start in the selling process, you've got to share everything. So you're going to need your, whatever it is, your CPA, your, your CFO, your controller involved with so much of that. You may have to bring salespeople. So when those things start to happen, then you need a whole communications plan. And even if you're still trying to keep it a secret, have a communications plan ready just in case. <clears throat> and it's not just staff, right? Competitors. Yeah, yeah I would imagine. Competitors are out there. They get, they do get a whiff of it. People, if you got employees leaving, coming and going in, in the interim, just by the natural course of things, they go to another company. People do talk. Um, it's, it's just, I always caution, plan for it all to keep it secret. Only bring people in as you do, but it may get out. You have to consider that. Right. Um, Random you know, question in the sense yeah. of how many people sell to their key employees versus outside sales versus family in your uh, experience? Yeah, um, you know, that's a great question. And, and uh, I don't have actual stats, but in my no, experience, no. And, they're, and, they're, and they're out there. But I, I think what it's much more, much more third party, right? strategic buyer, private equity, only because uh, different situations and family situations, you know, it's very often that, that the owners, parents, whatever it is, husband, wife, um, may want the kids to do it. The kids don't. Right. They, right. Kids do, and they don't think that they're ready yet. Um, I think there's a lot of um, a lot of work there, too, that could make those situations work when they don't. But so for that reason, and then, you know, internally sometimes, but those are complicated also. Right. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Have you we ever... Lot, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we do a lot of work with families and transitioning from generation to generation and and partners and helping them merge and all these different situations. But yeah, I'd say the majority are our third party. Yeah. I was going to ask, uh, have you ever ran into a business as you were guiding them through the process where you said to yourself, man, I want to buy this company. Have you, that's ever, a good question there. If you ever, it's, <laughs> it's a good question. So I have to be careful what I say. Um, uh, yes, yes and no. And it comes in both directions. Sometimes we'll even, we'll be working with a client and, um, They'll say, hey, you know, do you want to participate or buy or at least be, you know, some equity, you know, that kind of thing. Those are, I mean, those are tough situations, even from an ethical standpoint, from, you know, if I'm consulting with them. Um, what I'll say is this, is, is all those, yes, yeah, you, it always goes through your mind, you know, potentially. Um, but, you know, again, from a practical standpoint, you guys know, right, you have to think, does it make sense at all for me anyway? All the normal questions a buyer would have. Um, so I've done a little, couple little things over the years and, and just a little bit of um, equity or fees at risk kind of thing. But it's, 
it's tough. Um, um, I've just, you know, what, 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 you know, my whole model is, is it's more of helping them, you know, sell, right. you know, get out, but, but build and maximize that. But yeah, there's those things do come up. Definitely. I thought so. Well, we've covered a lot, Matt. Um, so, um, David, is there any is there a question that you hope that we wouldn't ask you? Uh, you know that, that you wouldn't, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> is there one you hoped we wouldn't ask? No, I guess. Well, the the thing that comes to mind with that kind of lead in is, um, uh, you know, it might be fees and costs for all this stuff. You know, when we start talking about not just my consulting, but really getting a business ready, there are a lot of costs. And actually, this is a good point to make um, that we should make. Whatever we talk about the value of the business being, we also follow it up right away. We have to explain and make sure people understand. You got that sale price. Great. Let's say it's one you like. Well, 60% is what you're getting when taxes are done. Attorney fees, CPA fees, uh, maybe all this cleanup we're talking about putting in place to make it look better for the, for the buyer. Um, you know, with the consulting fees we might have. So, so the reality there, just from, you know, that question you may not want to ask, but, but business owners need to understand is um, another reason really to, you know, build as much as they can. But if, you, if, 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 if that value is out there at 10 million and if somebody's ready to pay 10 million, they're not walking away with 10 million. Yeah, right. and then that's really, uh, so for some folks, they haven't, again, come across it before. They, they've got to understand that. And so that value maybe needs to be higher than 10 or maybe higher than five or their target just to see what they net out in, in that in that process. The other thing I'll say just on that note is what we try to do is look at the timeline and just space things out from an out-of-pocket standpoint from them, right? So we're, we are always prioritizing what we recommend that they do, right? They're never gonna do everything that we could think of that we might want them to do over time. And so we're balancing cost, time, duration, return, impact on value, right. so. Yeah. All right, so this was great, David, and I really appreciate it. So like some of the summaries that I was thinking, I love when you're talking about make decisions based on value. Mm -hmm. uh, you and I also said, think like a buyer or think yeah. like a seller. What does my thing, my, my business have to look like for me to sell it? Or what would I look for if I was going to buy my business? So I love that when you start changing your perspective on, I, I do everything to build value in my business. That's a yeah. great insight. I really appreciate that. Yeah, your, your house analogy was was great. Just if people have bought a house, you're looking around at everything, do the same. That's what someone's going to do to your business. That's what someone's going to do to yeah. your business. I think that's great. And stop thinking like an owner and think like a seller. That's, uh, by the way, that is the name of this episode. All right. All right. Cool. All right, David, where can we find you? Uh, you can grab me uh, at yeah, my, my phone, 770-329-5224. You can email me at uh, david at getonthevalutrack.com. Or just go to the website, get on the value track.com. Any of those that are, you know, Pony Express, happy to just chat and, you know, help out, answer questions if people have them. Perfect. That's great. Mr. Mulvaney, where can they find us? You can find, you can find us at profitabilitymd.com. You can find me at davidmulvaney.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn and all the other socials. Matt, where can we find you? Yep. So uh, this podcast, Profitability MD, is on all the places where you get your podcast. I got my coaching website, 10xprofitblueprint.com, and then uh, Matt Hudgens over on LinkedIn as well. David, this has been great. I really appreciate your time. Pleasure. Appreciate you guys having me on. Enjoyed having you. We learned a lot today. Thank you. All right. Take care. Take it easy.